this episode of The Full Nerd, AMD's Frank Azor. Welcome to a special edition of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Maung, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Our very special guest, Frank Azor of AMD. Hey, guys. And Ann and Patrick Murray, of course, controlling the horizontal and vertical. <laughs> Doing a very horrible job right now. Sorry, uh, everybody who got multiple notifications. We're, we're back. <laughs> we're here. We're here to talk to, to Frank uh, about some, some awesome software. So, yeah, let, let's kick it off. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this right off because I know people want it. They want it. They want to know, Frank. Tell me what the next five Ryzen's are gonna be. Tell me what the next five Radeons are. Lay out the entire public roadmap. One, Frank is not gonna tell us. Even if he could, right now, I just want to warn you, AMD is in a quiet period. That is a time when you do not talk about data that might influence the market. Otherwise, you get those fun folks over at the. SEC and their lawyers and investigators coming to knock on your door. So he cannot talk about it, but I understand. Let me just get it out for you. Let me just get it out. Where are the, the GPUs? Where, where's all the, the 16 core Ryzen's? Okay. So we got it out of your system. I did it for you. That is my act. I know you're frustrated. We will ask though. Let's just ask. I don't want to get Frank in trouble, but. Frank, what's AMD doing to make it better? On <laughs> you said you weren't going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't answer. Don't answer. I don't no, want to no, it, it, It's all good. Look, we're doing everything we can. That's all I can tell you. You know, it's the same we've been saying up to now. Um, it, we're doing everything we can. You know, the, the, the best days of this job when you're building products are the days that you design the product, you get all your ideas into it. And the day that you launch it and people are giving you their hard-earned money for it, that's what we live for. I mean, that's like the best two moments and everything else is really hard in between. So we want nothing more than to capitalize on getting people the product that we've done such a good job of making for them. And we're doing everything that we can. We've talked about, you know, we've extended the life cycle of the Radeon cards. We're making them for a longer period of time ourselves. We're offering cards on the, on our website and CPUs on the website constantly um, we're, we're doing everything we, we, we can. The market's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's changing. It's very dynamic. And trust me, we want nothing more than to get this product in the hands of customers. As someone Thank who you. had to buy lumber recently, it's not just graphics cards, let me tell you right it's now. Everything. <laughs> it's like anything is tough to buy right now. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's like we've all kind of like taken all our concert money and our restaurant money and our vacation money and we're buying all everything we possibly can because of COVID. It's a different it's a different world. Fortunately, you don't need money if you already have a graphics card to get the new Radeon update that you guys just Radeon software update that you guys released segue. yesterday. Hey, I try. Been doing this for a while. <laughs> Uh, rather than having me run it down, while you're here, do you want to give us a quick high-level overview so people tuning in, maybe haven't seen the article, know what's what's the big new features in here? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for the opportunity, guys. Um, so we we launched a new software package yesterday. If you're familiar with the Radeon uh, software package, often referred to as Radeon Adrenaline software. This is what you get um, when you uh, get one of our graphics cards, our hard-to-buy graphics cards. <laughs> um, for those of you lucky ones that have one already, 
Um, but this is the driver package and we have a ton of features in there, uh, performance features. We have streaming features. We've had a bunch of things that we've kept adding to the driver package over the years. Um, and we just launched our latest version of it. And with it, um, there are a couple of cool things. Uh, we made an update to AMD link. If you're not familiar with what AMD link is, it allows you to basically turn your Radeon powered uh, PC into like a, a server, almost like a your own personal little cloud server. Um, and in the past, you were able to connect to that server and play games and access apps and things via your iOS or your Android smartphone. Um, now you can actually do it through another Radeon PC. So if you have another Radeon PC, either in the home or outside the home through the internet, um, AMD link on that allows you to uh, just connect to your remote PC and, uh, and be able to stream games over it. Um, it's, you know, of course, because it's a, you know, Radeon based solution, we designed it to be high performance. So you can get, uh, you know, up to 144 frames per second on this thing. Um, it's very low latency as well. It even supports 5.1 surround sound audio. Um, so, you know, there's a couple of the solutions out there like now in the market, but they're not necessarily this kind of high quality, high end for gamers. They tend to be like 60 frames per second solutions. Um, so it's just kind of a free benefit if you, uh, if you're a Radeon customer, is why just not? to hop in, is that the reason why it needs to be another Radeon PC is the client because of all those high-end features? Yeah, um, w- because of that, you know, on the client and the server side, uh, you know, on your smartphone or your smart TV, which we have apps for as well, you're not going to get all those ultra high-end features right now. Um, you know, folks want, you know, more of that smartphone kind of smart TV ex- experience uh, from a PC to PC uh, uh, connection, uh, we're looking into something like that as well. Um, but where folks were telling us is, you know, they'd really like to have something that's higher quality than anything else that's out there today. And there are a few other solutions that's out there. So we both, we prioritized on building this 144 uh, FPS kind of high bandwidth, high performance solution first. And then we'll look at, you know, something a little bit lighter in the future that'll maybe run on non-Radeon systems as well. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. It just felt Yeah, no, no, no problem. It's, <laughs> I, I like it. I, you know, I can talk forever. So if you don't interrupt me, I'm just going to keep going and going and people are going to get bored. So actually we need, we did have a question from the chat earlier. Uh, the ninth dude was asking, uh, where can we get this, uh, AMD link client? Uh, I guess they're having a hard time finding it. Oh, oh, sorry about that. Um, so it's in the driver. So if you download the latest driver, uh, if you already have the Radeon drivers, you can just go to your homepage, you check for updates and it'll download the, uh, it'll update, um, the driver for you automatically. But once you have the interface up, there's a little settings tab on the upper right-hand corner, a little gear that you click. You click on that guy. You go to uh, devices, a uh, tab devices, and uh, there it'll say AMD link devices, and you can enable the AMD link server. You'll see a tab for getting AMD link mobile for your smartphone or for your, uh, your, your tablet, and then there will be a link uh, for open AMD link for Windows, um, and that'll show you how to connect and everything to it. But if you have, say, a, a Radeon-based laptop, you could actually stream at 144 frames a second? Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. Yeah, Does that nice. include APUs and stuff, like integrated yeah. graphics? If you have the Radeon drivers on your installed on your APU, yeah. And, and we go back, I mean, I think back to Carrizo. We go back pretty far uh, on support. Um, so, yeah, you just download the latest driver for your APU, and, and you're good to go. Um, and the other thing that's pretty cool is if you, there's some games out there, like especially retro games, uh, if you do any type of emulated games where they don't really have like multiplayer built into the game. 
Um, so what, we have a new feature too, where you can kind of do like a co-op uh, where a friend of yours can, and you can kind of uh, play games together um, that aren't multiplayer necessarily. Like, so think about Contra, you know, on, on the Nintendo um, there was no multiplayer outside of the two of you having two gamepads connected in the same room together. Uh, so kind of games like that, like in-room multiplayer games, um, we kind of extend it now with AMD Link so that you can play them remotely with one another. So it's like the COVID in-room co-op multiplayer mode feature. <laughs> we don't call it that, but you have the, you have the ability to do that too. So there's some cool corner cases out there, but it's a cool capability. So it would expose a USB controller basically to your local client yeah. and, and it would see it over the internet. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. And with the low latency features and the you know the, the high performance and stuff, it's it's a pretty good seamless experience. Um, it's better than not being able to play the game. It just gives you another, a new option to be able to do it. Uh, the other cool feature that we Im- implemented is uh, we took a lot of feedback from folks around uh, UI improvements that they wanted to see, simplify things, consolidate tabs, consolidate features. Uh, and we we put a bunch of those new improvements in here. Um, one of those things that we got a lot of feedback on is the Radeon graphics uh, has had for a while now a bunch of different like performance monitoring um, capabilities where you can see what your your graphics utilization is, your memory utilization, your the wattage that the thing is consuming. Um, so we've continued to have that in there, but we brought in some rising features too. So we're giving you a destination now where you can kind of see more about what's going on with your PC. And you get to monitor your Ryzen processor utilization and, uh, you know, a bunch of different metrics about how it's performing and, and, and operating within the system right alongside the same interface that you do that for for, um, for, for Radeon. So we've done that. Uh, we've implemented a few um, uh, color profiles as well. So we have like a vivid mode. We also have some color correction modes. So folks that have different types of color blindness and stuff, they have some compensation in there now as well. That was another feature that folks wanted to see. Um, we have within the software for a while, we've had a streaming capability. So you can kind of do like, uh, you know, very simple streaming of your game or your content to your favorite uh, streaming sites, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and all, almost all the other international streaming sites that are out there. Um, we've made several improvements to that as well. So it's one-click streaming now. Uh, the quality has improved. The bandwidth utilization has improved. Um, not intended to replace a solution like OBS or any of those advanced solutions, by no means are we trying to compete with that whatsoever. This is for the occasional streamer or somebody who has an idea, like a friend called and say, Hey, can I watch you play in this tournament this, you know, today? And you just want to quickly fire up a stream and not have to go learn OBS and the interface and set the whole thing up. This is a one click quick stream option. And uh, you, you know, you can, you can, accomplish that without having to download a third-party app or anything and we um, do the encoding and everything on the gpu so it's very fast it's efficient it doesn't take up a bunch of system resources that's going to impact your gameplay um, so we've improved that and then probably one of the biggest features that people have asked us for is up to now we've had like one software package it's the full complete software which we don't ask you to do any account registration no login you can remain completely anonymous to us if you install this thing but folks have said, hey, I don't necessarily use all the features of the software. I just want the driver. Or I just want like a minimal install with some essentials like a Radeon Boost and anti-lag feature and FreeSync. Um, so we've given you those options now. You can choose which one of those different tier of installs that you want, um, which you know, it's nice. You don't, we're not forcing the whole thing onto you anymore. Um, it's, you, you kind of a la carte. You pick what you want out of the, uh, out of the install. 
and based on what you're going to use. And that makes the install package smaller for you and, and just uh, kind of caters the experience down to what you're using. Uh, so those are, those are some of the key features. Um, you know, another cool thing we did yesterday beyond the software, kind of unrelated to it, but if you guys know about our Fidelity FX tool set, it's out on GPU Open. We, we, these are a bunch of different visual effects and performance improvement tools that we offer game developers for them to uh, you know, be able to use on any of their games. And they work on anything. They're open source. They work on our hardware, other people's hardware. Um, and they work cross-platform, too. And yesterday, um, Microsoft announced that some of our Fidelity FX features are going to be working on the Xbox. Uh, so the, our contrast adaptive sharpening feature, which is really cool, it makes kind of the blurriness of some of the games and stuff, uh, sharpens that up. Um, so the, the games just look better. They look uh, higher definition uh, when they have that um, blurring effect. Our variable rate shading technology and then our ray trace shadow denoiser. Um, those three features are going to be available on the Xbox. So if you're a game developer, you would integrate those three things. They immediately work on your Xbox and they'll work on your Radeon PC as well. So that cross-platform stuff, uh, you know, it's just, it's just really cool. It's very efficient. You don't have to redo this stuff multiple times. You don't have to implement different tools for each different platform. You get one set of tools that just works across the whole kind of gaming ecosystem. And that's what we're gunning for. And we made a huge uh, accomplishment yesterday with this announcement with Microsoft. So this is like software week for us, like a bunch <laughs> of software, cool news of coming out. Guys can't talk hardware this week or this time during the quiet period. Might as well announce some software. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that Fidelity FX uh, coming to Xbox is great uh, as far as, you know, the whole dream is developers, you know, write stuff once and it works on AMD PCs and Xbox. That's what you guys are hoping for, I'm sure. Yeah, that's it's a key part of our strategy. You know, we power the Xbox, we power the PlayStation, and they're all using the same RDNA 2 architecture that we're using in our 6000 series graphics cards. And the service that that provides the industry is huge because as a game developer, if you want to build a cross-platform game, you almost have to start from scratch when the tool set and the architecture changes and is different. Now, there's always going to be a ton of software work you have to do, but getting your game to run on the hardware is, you know, 50%, maybe 60% of the equation before you start tweaking and optimizing and debugging things. And we kind of remove a bunch of the majority of that effort by having this cross-platform leverage or cross-platform uh, architecture leveraged across these different uh, platforms. So if you think about it, that frees up an enormous amount of resources, and it also motivates more game devs to take their game cross-platform because the effort reduces considerably, but the return remains the same. Like, you're going to sell just as many titles, whether you had to spend, you know, whatever, 100 employees' time, um, you know, uh, porting that game over to a, a different platform, or if you spend 10 employees' time. And what we're hoping to do is to reduce that number as much as possible so more content developers out there will say, hey, you know what, the effort to take this and put it on a PC or to take this PC game and put it on console is suddenly a fraction of what it used to be because of this. All right, let's go do it. Now the numbers make sense. Now the investment makes sense. And we're, I mean, I think it's making the industry better as a result. We're getting more games cross-platform and ultimately what we play are games, not devices. I totally agree. Uh, Maybe while you're talking to Sony, you can tell them, hey, this works now, so you could get uh, those PlayStation exclusives on the PC a little faster. <laughs> no. 
No I actually, uh, <laughs> so you're the chief gaming architect of solutions for all across, not just Radeon, but all of, all of gaming for AMD. So I kind of have a big picture question. Uh, looking at all these, I find it super interesting. Link being, you know, a connective technology across many devices, the way that you guys have integrated Ryzen monitoring uh, and VRAM, not v, yeah, normal, normal memory into the performance tuning tab. That's all super cool is it kind of feels like you guys are laying the groundwork for possibly like a universal AMD management app rather than like right now you guys have a Ryzen app, you guys have a Radeon software. Uh, anything you can share on that front? Uh, without revealing our roadmap. Um, <laughs> like, is that a goal for you guys? Is, is, yeah, is it an it idea is. for everything to it be is. more streamlined? It is. Um, you know, Ryzen has a tool called Ryzen Master, which mm-hmm. it's awesome. It's extremely powerful. You can do everything, overclocking, undervolting, you know, memory timings, a bunch of cool stuff in there. But, you know, it's not the easiest interface to learn how to use. There's so many knobs and switches and everything in there that it, if you if you're not living in the enthusiast mindset, if you're not very technically adept, um, you may get really intimidated by that and just get turned off by it. And now you're leaving performance on the table. Um, that's, that's a tragedy, honestly, because there's, you know, you know, it's a Silicon lottery and everything and not every, not no two parts are created exactly the same. And there's always an opportunity to get a little bit more out of your system. Um, we want to try and create a simpler interface for folks and, you know, we thought about doing it in master and there is a, a novice mode in master. Um, but you have to download a separate app. And if you have master, right. So it's like, Hey, if I have a Ryzen CPU and I have a Radeon GPU, wh- wh- why can't I get one app that kind of starts giving me all the functionality that I want out there. And we want to move towards that. We want to make it simpler for customers. Um, ideally what we want to get to is one software package. Like we've already integrated our chipset drivers into the Radeon software download. So if you download and update your Radeon software and there's new chipset drivers, you're going to get chipset packages to install as well. We think it's pretty cool, right? Saves you from having to go find drivers out there. It auto notifies you. Um, so yeah, look over time, you're going to see more rising integrated into the Radeon, uh, uh, software application. It may not be called Radeon software um, forever because of that. Uh, and then the other thing that that offers us is, you know, if you look at my title, right, I'm focused on solutions. Um, think of an A plus A solution, a Ryzen and Radeon system as a complete solution and us being able to manage that entire solution versus what we've done up to now, which is manage the graphics card with one software package and the CPU with one software package and the GPU with a separate software package. Um, we're starting to look at the entire system as a complete solution that will process everything you need, all your workloads, um, you know, the most efficiently versus it being confined to a CPU or a GPU, for example. Uh, so like SmartShift, uh, you know, think of that as just the start. We are looking at the workload and we're shifting the workload um, the TDP dependent upon which one of the components is most efficient to handle that workload. It's like a ubiquitous treatment of the entire solution. We don't care if you're processing on CPU or GPU. There's no bias. We're not trying to have any one of them be more relevant than the other. We're just like, who's the best processor for the workload? Shift it over there. 
Um, and that's going to apply more and more to what we're trying to do with our software and overall with uh, all of our, our technologies moving forward. You can definitely start to see it starting to take shape. Yeah. I do have a question there, Frank, because, you know, obviously there, it, it really helps that you can go across the hallway and ask the CPU team, hey, what's going on? What does this knob do? They have no problem sharing information, I imagine, with the Radeon team, Radeon to Ryzen, no problems. Um, I can sort of see the same thing happening with Intel as they one day get their discrete GPU out. You have their own GPU and they have their CPU. They're now sharing information. They're maybe managing thermals, workloads, all that kind of stuff. And maybe NVIDIA gets one if they have an ARM chip, you know, who knows? But I'm, I, it's just weird to see this, you know, the three corners. You have basically NVIDIA, AMD, and Intel. I guess I'm a little afraid that, you know, 10 years down the road or maybe even five years down the road, it'll be really hard for a company like AMD or Intel that basically own everything to want to keep it open, right? Because why in the world do you want to help sell an NVIDIA GPU? Why does why does Intel want to help sell an AMD one? I'm I'm just afraid that it won't be as open 10 years from now. Do you think that's just ridiculous? And and, and I also wonder if, if you think one of the core tenets of the PC is being completely open. Is that going to always have to be there for the PC that we know? It's certainly our priority for it to be open. Uh, and, you know, we have demonstrated that over the years and we continue to demonstrate it. I mean, Fidelity it's even called effects. GPU open. <laughs> right. Fidelity effects, GPU open. Look what we did with FreeSync, right? Um, look what we just announced with, uh, with, with Microsoft for the Xbox, where we're giving them the tool set, right? Um, we're absolutely focused on that. You know, you, you bring up a good point, though, Gordon. Not everybody has the same strategy as we do. Um, there's more and more proprietary technologies coming out out there in the market, uh, whether they be, I don't want to mention any names, but a lot of them in the visualization space are very proprietary. And that works very well for a company that is coming out with that proprietary technology, but it's not necessarily the best thing for the industry. Um, and we hope that the, the market will put pressure on those companies to say, look, this is a really kick-ass feature. It's a great solution, but... I don't, I don't want to be short-term selfish and say, this thing's incredible. Let me go and endorse it and promote the heck out of it. I want to put pressure on you to say, great, love this pilot. Now, when are you going to go make it an open standard? Because it is so great. I want it on all my games. I want it across all my hardware. And this needs to be a PC, this needs to be a PC open standard. If the market doesn't pressure for, put pressure on companies for that, then the future you're talking about is there's more potential for it than not. Um, but it's certainly not something that we're, we're trying to make happen. When I talk to you about A plus A, um, we're just leveraging the fact that we can work with the same company and we can talk to one another and we don't have to put together huge fancy presentations and huge meetings and, you know, wait months to get on the calendar of a third party company and then you have the meeting with the third-party company, and then they need to go up their executive chain to get approval to make the investment to invest in this feature. You saw that with smart access memory. People are asking us, 
Right. But you just used the PCI rebar specification. Why is smart access memory giving five, seven, 10, 15% performance advantage? Exactly what I was going to bring up. Other rebar implementations are like 2%. And it's like, because of that, you're witnessing it right there. Now, did we enable rebar with, with other graphic solutions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're not doing anything to block, but we're just taking advantage of the fact that we're all under the same umbrella. That, I believe, needs to be the approach. So as these other companies execute their equivalent of A plus A, the culture and the principle should be, how do we work better together, not how do we isolate ourselves from the industry and from the open standards? And hopefully they're adopting a similar strategy as we have. Yeah, and smart access memory, I think, is actually a perfect uh, point to drive home exactly what you're talking about because, yes, it is built on the industry standard uh, resizable bar, uh, but the reason that it is now a thing and that gamers are now seeing performance benefits across all kinds of hardware is because you guys do have control of the CPU and the GPU, and you guys were able to program that all in, get it all pushed out at the same time. That spec's been around for a long time. Getting companies to cooperate is difficult. You guys being in a unique position was able to make this a thing. Yeah, it's the best example of what's possible um, in in. in agility of being able to respond once you kind of start, hey, let's work together. Let's go figure this out. What are the untapped opportunities out there? We have those conversations and the team's like, you know what? There's this thing that we could probably go do. Now that we're all in the same room, why don't we just go work together to go make it happen? And here you go. We got it. And it's, I mean, it's not even questionable, but it's the best implementation of readdressable bar in the industry right now. And, you know, that's the, that's a consequence. That's a consequence of this um, and like I said, the, the key thing is having that commitment that you're not going to isolate. And unfortunately, there's we see a lot of isolation going on out there. Um, you know, you see storage things, storage technologies coming out. And, you know, it's like well, there's this really great storage technology coming out from Microsoft. We've rallied on it. We're going to go support it. We've announced that already. Why wasn't everybody going to just go support that thing? Do you really need to build your own proprietary one that's out there. Like what good is that going to do? Now we're competing. Now it's going to take longer for the entire industry to adopt it. Um, you know, customers are going to be getting confused. Like what's the difference between that one and this one and which one's better. And so, I don't know. I just, it's, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm hoping that open standards continue. We're, we're committed to it. The proof is in the pudding every single day, GPU open. Anybody who's curious, go check it out. We explained to you everything we're doing over there. And when you read that and you're like, Andy's giving this for free for everybody, it's like unbelievable. And it's like, yeah, because we're trying to move the industry forward. I mean, this is the right thing to do. And it's, it's I mean, from our perspective, if the gaming industry grows and it prospers, we all grow and prosper, right? I mean, Gordon and I were doing, you know, reviews 20 years ago when nobody knew what a gaming computer was. He told them a gaming computer, they thought I was building uh, slot machines in Vegas, Right. And now look at this industry. It's unbelievable how much innovation we have within it, how many companies are focusing, how many companies are prospering, how many companies are, have gone public, have been successful. But it's, an, it's unbelievable how far it's come in 20 years. Now is not the time to fragment and to start moving in opposite directions. We, we need to be working together for this thing to prosper. And then within that, every company prospers. I like your answer. So, I mean, it's and I, I just ask it because. I, you know, I can, I'm just afraid, like, you know, gosh, we've got this awesome 
interface between our CPU and our GPU. It's so much faster. Why should we bother to, to have PCIe 4 or 5 when our proprietary interface is so much better? You know, it's just, you know, I, I just can't imagine the PC ever looking like that. But, you know, I'm always paranoid that on, there's always somebody in a meeting somewhere in a room that says, why should we share it? This is a huge competitive advantage. I like to make money. You like to make money. Let's not share, you know, but the PC is built on sharing. So, well, I'll tell you this. When we announced smart access memory, I went on record and I said, we are absolutely open to showing folks how we did it and to helping enable it on their platforms. And we stand by that. And what you said is probably true about people saying, how do we keep this to ourselves? Let's not share it with anybody. That I don't hear very often here. I mean, I, the, the conversations I hear are like, hey, we have a time to market advantage because we invented this, we innovated it. Let's go to market with it. Um, and, you know, let, let, the enablement, we have a head start. So we're going to have a natural six month or 12 month right. head start over everybody because it was invented here at the thing. Um, but there's not much that I hear, if anything, that I can think of in my own mind that's like, let's evolve something from being open to being proprietary or let's uh, let's invent something and, and, you know, not necessarily make it open. There's of course things like we're not going to open up our CPU for everybody to go and learn how to go make our CPU naturally. Right. That is our proprietary intellectual property, but you know, we're not, we're not going to, I don't think there's a concerted effort, at least on our behalf that I'm aware of to try and make it more difficult in any way, in any way. I mean, we're like the company of openness, right? Like, think about what we do. You have GPU open. Okay, that's, that's, that's a hell of a proof point. You have FreeSync, roughly 1,500 monitors out there supporting FreeSync. Um, we never charged for the license, the technology, the enablement. That costs us money. I mean, we have staff that is focused on FreeSync and the specs and proliferating it and everything. Um, even when you look at the choice we give consumers, right, the AM4 socket, you could argue that, that's an open almost socket, at least within the AMD ecosystem. Think about the business of making every customer update their motherboard every single year when a new processor comes out. That's great business, guys. <laughs> you know what's not great business is trying to figure out how you're going to take a socket that is three years old and continue to support it. <laughs> yeah. How when customers said, hey, we want um, the 5000 series CPU to work on our old 400 series motherboards, we go back and we say, let's figure that out. Let's take on the engineering expense. Let's go figure out the complexity. Let's work with the partner and board partners to go figure it out. Like, it's just, it's, it's in the DNA of AMD. Um, I, I the RDNA. <laughs> the ADNA. <laughs> so clearly I'm passionate about this because it's, 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 it's expensive. It's tough to do this stuff. Simplicity and openness is hard. It's really, really hard. It well, is. It is. Speaking of uh, open platforms, somebody, oh, crap. Uh, there we go. Vignesh, friend of the show, Vignesh asked, uh, will AMD make a, a GUI tool for Linux users? Um, so, honestly, I haven't looked at our Linux GUI. Uh, I do know we have Linux drivers. I know that we've been praised for our support for Linux drivers. Um, but I don't know if there's a GUI that accompanies it. Um so I don't, I don't know. I guess we don't, if, they're right, if we're getting the question. Uh, <laughs> and if we don't, I don't know if we have plans to. I'll have to 
I'll have to look into it. I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I believe someone asked that same question when Scott Herkelman was on here last time, and he said he was also going to look into it. So it's very much on your He probably has the answer. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll instantly message him while we're on the call. <laughs> yeah, we should have a, all Linux uh, podcast just so people can I'll discuss all the Linux. Yeah, but then the <laughs> yeah, audio would never work. I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, Frank, Dang, Frank I, I, you know, obviously I, I got off because that's my that's my pet thing is is the PC remain open. But I'd like to ask, a, I have a suggestion on the software side, because uh, not to steer back into the original Radeon software discussion, but one of the cool features that you have where you can share like a multiplayer instance to someone on the Internet so they can play in, in second player. I had this idea. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you for free. It's open. It's an open idea. So and I was just playing. Uh, I was playing. Uh, uh, aliens colonial marines recently because that was the best aliens movie it's an old game obviously i was playing it yeah. and i got to this point where it was just so hard it's like man this is just i want to give up so here's my idea so like you want a phone a friend feature where a friend can come in and play for you yes well <laughs> I, it would be great if you could phone a friend that would do it but this is this is a capitalist society. Instead, I pay somebody three bucks to get me through this hard section. No, they connect. No. They play it through there. It's that's not really Twitter, cheating. That's a quitter strategy. I cannot support that. <laughs> Absolutely not. You figure it out, man. You got YouTube oh. walkthroughs and stuff. Well, maybe not for that game. There was a YouTube <laughs> phone um, a Frank. Yeah, I think it should be phone a Frank. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not taking that feature, Gordon. Okay. I oh, just. Oh, let's yeah. see that. You like on consoles? They do that. They'll play through. They like they'll let you play through. But I'm just saying. You know what? I like. You just pay somebody on Reddit. Like, here's three bucks. Get me this. This section's really hard. I just because I mean, there's so many games you just give up. Where you just like, okay, I'm done. I I can't go on. And I just kind of think. Promoting? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Gordon. That's not um, cheating. That's not cheating. It, it's it, of course it's. It, What's the official term? Why am I? Free? Why is it escaping? I you? suck. I, in fact, I even came up with the idea. I was like, I suck because I can't get through this part. It's the I suck feature. You admit it. Somebody gets you through that part, and you can go on and play the rest that you enjoy. But because every developer, there's one part of every game. It's like, oh my god, I can't get through this section. You just want to, you want to give up, right? But this is your lifeline. Your 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 pay a friend to to play through for you. Uh, just thinking, it sounds like a. An easy step to do, but you're right. You're you're against it on general principle. So, I mean, what's the term for it when you have someone else play for you? It's like handholding or no, smurfing. Smurf. Thank you, thank yeah. you. You're Is that... you're you're asking me to create a smurfing feature. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. as a paid contractor, they're a paid contractor. You know, it's like I'm not doing my floors. I'll pay somebody to do my floors. <laughs> well, no, feature uh, denied. How... Sorry. Try again. Uh, well, how about this? What, what if AMD produced a, and I'm taking actually a question from Discord. I'm, I'm molding it to my own thing. Uh, what, what if AMD worked on some sort of cloud video game streaming solution uh, where everything's, you know, running on AMD servers and you, you're just, you know, connecting into it. That'd make it so much easier for somebody on AMD's side to kind of take over the instance and, and help walk it through. Uh, and, any plans on, you know, on a cloud streaming solution? That's kind of what AMD Link is. It's it's your personal cloud solution mm -hmm. in a way, right? Um, so yeah, I mean that you, you have that um, right now. If the question is, are we working on you know uh, our, our our own cloud gaming solution like you know one of our competitors has out there? 
We have a different strategy. Um, our strategy is to be partner centric. Uh, so we're partnered with, um, you know, our companies like Microsoft, like Google. These, these are announcements we've made in the past uh, to help power their uh, cloud gaming solutions. Um, and that's, that's our primary focus right now. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, in terms of cloud gaming from a consumer perspective, um, honestly, AMD Link is our strategy there. Uh, you know, you're, you're, nowadays your PC is pretty powerful. Um, you already have your games there. You already have your interface there. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Bandwidth is not that tight anymore. And I think after COVID, all the networks have been upgraded and everything. I mean, latency is a lot better than it's ever been. So it's like, why pay for an incremental service if I can just kind of access my my desktop or my, my high-performance notebook? Or not that I would endorse this, but, you know, maybe I can play on Brad's high-performance desktop. You know, when he's Like you could help him. Like, like you could get on and help him walk through something, I'll right? smurf for him. The Gordon <laughs> smurfing feature. Um, but, you know, you could do those kind of things, too. So that's our, that's our strategy right now. We think that that's, you know, our partners and kind of that personal cloud thing is, is where we want to invest our resources right now. I, I have a question that has nothing to do with the feature, but we only have a few minutes left and I want to ask about it. Uh, so you guys also rolled in new bug reporting tools and the Windows Crash yeah. Defender or the AMD Crash Defender in this. So really taking, you know, a couple of years ago, there was that issue with the reliability and stuff. You guys rolled out that bug report tool last year, partly, I assume, in response to that. Uh, so one, it's encouraging to see you guys continue to keep momentum on that. And two, I was wondering whether the introduction of that bug report tool has tangibly changed the way y'all run QA. Has it led to improvements? How's that going? Yeah, actually, thanks for prompting me on that, Brad. I forgot to mention that when uh, I was going through this. <laughs> um, we have a new uh, and improved bug report tool. Um, the, here, the, the issue is, is that we're... we're very focused on collecting social media feedback. Um, on, we probably spend too much time on Reddit and Twitter. Um, and we weren't getting the feedback direct from customers. It was like they had to run into an issue and then go figure out where to find us on amd.com or on Twitter or on Reddit. And then you go there and you're trying to report your issue. And then a bunch of people are coming in and saying, yeah, through them and they suck and all this kind of stuff that we're here to try and fix the issue. Like, can we get past the fodder of criticism and just get to the root of the issue so that we can more quickly react to it. And then, you know, we'd have to find the, 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 the person who reported the issue and create a DM with them and, and, you know, diagnose the issue. I was like, guys, why are we going through all this difficulty? So we created the bug reporting tool. We've improved it uh, over time. We improved it with this new release where right in, in the software, there's actually a little image of a bug in the upper right-hand corner. And you see that, and we, we ask you a few questions. Um, you can attach screenshots and things to it. Uh, you can uh, just give us you know, more and more information. You can even um, send over data collection of the system, a little bit of telemetry and stuff. The goal is that instead of you just saying, oh, I got this issue, we're getting a more informed issue report now. And we can therefore take that and apply action to it. We can start doing regression testing. We can start trying to replicate the issue. We can start going to engineers with a true problem statement, not a complaint. And that's what we needed to evolve to is from complaints to true problem statements that are actionable. And this is what this tool has done. There are human beings looking at all of the reports 
we're categorizing them, we're paradoing them for the top priorities, and we're making significant progress on improving. Um, and the bug report's also being used for more than just bugs. People are telling us like, hey, I wish you had this UI improvement here. You know, obviously Gordon's gonna report his Gordon Smurfing feature <laughs> request through there now too. Uh, but it has been a really powerful tool and it's such a simple concept. It's like we invented bug reporting or our feedback mechanisms. But we just looked at all these issues. And this is what that last year experience taught us when that the, the last Big Bang release came out and kind of had a view, you know, those black screen issues and things. We were looking at the process and we're like, we gotta get, we gotta optimize this process. And this was one of those tools that came out of it. The other thing that we in, in implemented with this new strat, uh, this new software release is the AMD Crash Defender, um, which is cool. It's kind of like a, the way I describe it is it's like a graphics safe mode. So if things are going wrong and you're kind of about to get into a blue screen or, or kind of a, you know, a catastrophic type of uh, situation, we kind of like take the driver and put it into a safe mode. So you can recover um, your data, you can save your files, you can maybe save your game, do, do whatever you can in recovery before you have to go and initiate that, um, that restart. Look, the bottom line, guys, and I've been doing this a long time, so have you, there is no 100% perfect hardware and software out there. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> be realistic, yeah. right? That's the other thing we had to accept is like, hey, we're going to do a ton of work to be responsive and improve customers' experiences. We're going to get more stable. We're going to get more reliable but we're never going to get to hundred percent. So you have to understand there's always going to be some percentage and you want it to be as small as possible of failures. How are we going to handle those failures? How do we minimize the consequence of those failures? It's kind of like seatbelts in a way, right? Or crumple zones in a car or airbags, right? You hope you never have to use any of those things, but they're there for that minor, minor time, those minority times that, um, mm-hmm. that it happens. And that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to put more safety and, 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 and stability features like that in their fail safes, if you will. And this, this new crash defender is, uh, is the next uh, attempt at that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how it works out in action. Hopefully I never see it in action as you were just saying, Yeah, I hope so. but, too. uh, <laughs> whenever, whenever, uh, no matter whose hardware it is, uh, whenever, uh, driver fails catastrophically there's nothing more frustrating than your computer locking up for on a frozen game for three minutes and then just suddenly blue screening and resetting so if that's able to make it so you can save your progress on what you do that it's going to be worth its weight in gold (laughs) yeah you know what's worse than when it happens to you is when it happens to one of your kids and then you have to deal with that because i had to deal with that the other day on a competitor's hardware by the way (laughs) (laughs) We only have a few questions left. Adam, is there any good questions from the chat? I I would say a very important one. Uh, Corbin D would like to ask for uh, everybody. Uh, Frank, what's the status on super resolution? We the people demand it. (laughs) That sounds like uh, SEC would get involved. I don't know. Is that or no? Frank, if if you're going to get in trouble, but um, if you can't answer, what can you say? All right. uh, Let me see. If you hear a knock at the door, you'll know why. So, <laughs> you got bail money for me, Gordon? Um, <laughs> now, look, uh, what I'll tell you about FSR is um, we're making a lot of progress on it. And we we hope to have news for you guys here very soon about it. Um, uh, I've seen it running, and I'm happy with it. Uh, I don't want to set expectations, um, uh, but... I, you know, we're, in, we're, we're, we're the technology's progressed a lot. 
Um, this is the year when FSR is going to be released. We've already said that before. And what I'll tell you guys that's interesting about FSR, and I don't think this is a secret, it's branded Fidelity Effects Super Resolution. We've had a conversation around Fidelity Effects earlier and our, our mantra with Fidelity Effects and GPU Open and all of that, right? So you should probably expect that we're going to take a very different approach with FSR than what you've seen from some, some of the competition that's out there. Uh, that's all I can tell you right now about it. But I'll say soon, okay? Um, you don't have to wait until 2022 or 2023. This isn't like a... a a long-term dream or anything. Um, you know, we already said it's coming this year. We're still on schedule for it to continue to come this year. Uh, we know that you've waited a long time for it. We're going to try and make it worth your while. Okay. Uh, something, that, something uh, a, a quality, a good quality of life thing you can use right now. I just want to shout it out because I think it's amazing you guys added it. Is that color correction mode for color blindness? Uh, the three different types of color blindness. There's the different sliders you have. That's excellent. I love seeing accessibility features. I don't really have any questions about it. I just wanted to make sure it got said because I think whenever accessibility is in the forefront, it's worth highlighting. Yeah, needs to be definitely needs yeah. to be mentioned. There's actually people in the chat uh, shouting that out too. Um, a, a fun little quick one. Uh, Kraken asked, uh, "What's the performance hit for using Radeon performance monitoring overlay?" Um, no, I can. Let me just log, turn it on right now. And <laughs> it's pretty minimal. I mean, yeah, it's it's borderline negligible. I, I, yeah, I think it's negligible. I mean, I got it running right now, and it's point one percent. Only if you're benchmarking, would you would you mm -hmm. shut it off? Probably. Uh, That's point one percent. I mean, <laughs> okay, it's within the margin of error, right? So, yeah, I don't think it's a. Uh, I don't think it's a big deal. And again, guys, there's much better tools out there. I'm not here to tell you we have the best performance monitor or anything of that nature. Our streaming solution is not the best. I'm not trying to set that expectation. Our, our goal is to just bring some of those advanced features that some of us as enthusiasts are doing and using out there and trying to bring you a simplified version of it because we want people to graduate little by little. And a lot of these things can be really intimidating. Like opening up OBS is not a very easy welcoming experience for the first time that you do it. You gotta go and kind of go through some, you know, some watch some YouTube videos and you gotta go through and read up a bunch of content. Like here's how to set it up correctly. There's a fair amount of trial and error. Once you got it going, it's great. It's a, it's a great broadcasting solution. And there's others out there too. You have performance tools out there that are much better as well. This is amateur. I just want to try it. I want to experiment with it. Hey, this is pretty cool. How do I go deeper? And okay, go deeper. Go find a third-party tool, right? Um, we continue to validate a bunch of them to make sure that they're going to work with our stuff. We continue to enable a lot of them. Um, that's going to continue to be the plan. Open, all that stuff. Could we say, you know what, we're going to cut everybody off and we're, you can only use our performance monitoring tool. And, no, yes, we could, but we're not going to do that. That's nowhere in the plans whatsoever. It's complete opposite of that. We're trying to give you a, a stair step to get to those solutions so you can extract the max value out of your hardware um, versus being intimidated and turned off by them like a lot of folks are today. I'm glad you said all that. I wanted to. I didn't want to interrupt you earlier when you were saying it, but I, I'm glad that you had that philosophy with your uh, streaming tools in particular because I think that is actually a great 
way of thinking about streaming tools that come with your graphics card. Like people bought a graphics card, they're toying with it. Hey, I want to try streaming. Uh, the addition of you guys' easy configuration streaming was your setup in this. Like that's a, a great benefit for novice users. So I'm glad uh, the philosophy you guys have in your head for this is right where well, mine is too. And Brad, it stems back to gaming. Like how hard was it to be a PC gamer 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. It was hard, man. Mm-hmm. You had DOS, Windows, 16-bit, 32-bit. You had CDs, floppy disks, um, multiple graphics cards in the system, multiple sound cards. I mean, we built Alienware on the value proposition that this stuff is really hard. We're going to give you turnkey gaming systems. For people that just wanted to play games, they didn't want to have to have an IT degree in order to figure out how to get their computer to play a game. We built the entire business around that. And what happened is as things got simpler, as digital distribution solutions came and we didn't have to patch games anymore and, you know, have different patches when we were trying to play multiplayer, um, just so many problems got resolved. We eventually moved to an entire Windows environment. DOS games disappeared. We moved to 32-bit environment, then a 64-bit. As things got simpler, the, the gaming market grew and grew and became better and better and better. I remember when console was the promise of simplicity and now i mean every time i fire up a console i've got to download a five gigabyte patch you know it's like so we're almost i think we're on a level playing field honestly Mm -hmm. console and us nowadays you know they still have discs at least you know we don't have discs anymore i'm not bashing console by any means i'm just saying that there was such a drastic gap between pc gaming and console that we've really shrunk that as an industry and here we are we have billions of gamers now as a result of that. That's our mentality. If we make it simpler, which is really hard, it's very hard to make things simple. As you make things simpler, it's more inviting and people will continue to engage. They'll come into the ecosystem and they'll stay within the ecosystem. If we make them complicated, they get turned off and we lose them. Time is precious and people's time is like hard to earn and hard to keep. So to Gordon's point, like we all have a responsibility to keep this open. We have a responsibility to keep it easy. Um, And to all these gamers, especially that we've attracted over COVID, because it's been an entertainment source for us as we've lost all these other ones. We got to make sure we keep them in the industry. Yeah, I I can't wait to see figures for how much all gaming and especially PC gaming, of course, grew over the last year. I suspect... You know, when I'm sure somebody's got a, some analyst somewhere has a report, but I bet it, it was a spectacular year. So I've, I've seen some of the numbers, um, but you can't talk about I, it. <laughs> no, I can't talk about the hardware. I was going to talk about some of the other things, like oh. how many, uh, like Discord has blown up. I think Discord has like 140 million people on it right now. Um, I think Steam has been reporting the highest concurrent users ever. Uh, like every week, like it. Every yeah. week, the number bumps up. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's crazy. I, I saw, I don't know how accurate this was because I thought it was very strange, but I saw something that said that CSGO went from 16 million to 24 million gamers in 2020. CSGO, right? <laughs> and when you have so much competition like Valorant and so many other games now that are competing, I mean, that just tells you like how incredible the the, the the gaming, that's all I'm talking about. Gaming use is all I'm talking about, um, right. has been over COVID. It's a lot of people are gaming. We also saw hours of use go up. Um, average gamer in a week, I think we saw them go from 
this is low, like the the more casual gamer. Not I don't mean casual in game, but I mean in time commitment that they play, mm-hmm. three to four hours to five to six. And we saw some people going over ten hours uh, a week in gaming. You think some of the people that are watching right now are like ten hours a week? I do that in a day. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I understand. You're you're hardcore. You're enthusiast. That's why you're here right now. But the mainstream population, the whole world, when you talk about billions of numbers, um, those are that's a monumental increase when you have one hour of increase on an average of, of the denominator of the total market that's huge that means almost everybody on average is, is moving up two hours um that's 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 drastic right yep so my kids fit right into that uh, my kids were casual gamers like they'd play on the weekend sometimes you know in the before times but now they're spending easily 10 plus hours because that's how they hang out with their friends yeah, well, my son, my son goes to school online now, right? Um, and just because we wanted him to finish the year before, hopefully, we get back to regular school next year. We didn't want to disrupt him in the middle of the year. But as soon as he done, he's done with class, he fires up Discord first, and he does homework with all his friends on Discord. And I guess they're cheating, um, but they're doing it. It's getting done, right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as they're all done together, and this is why they do it, is because they all want to help each other get the homework done as quickly as they possibly can so they can start playing games. <laughs> and they just stay on Discord. And it's like, all right, everyone's done? Great. Go fire up whatever game they're going to be playing. I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Know? yeah. I'm with you, too. My kids, that's all they do is communicate over Discord. And I, I think it's it's a great way to hang out right now because the old ways, we're not doing those. So... Yeah. I mean, when you're, when all you do all day is do video calls, like I do, the last thing I want to do is like, spend time on Discord. Now when I'm gaming, I'm doing more single player, non-group based, uh, uh, no squads. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want silence. I just want to play by myself. Um, it's I might need your help in a game though. You can come in, log in, can you do that section at Colonial Marines? I just like, come on. It just... Uh, the, the Gordon Smurf a friend uh, feature is what I'm going to call it. Smurf a friend. Yeah, Smurf a friend. Yeah, we should we should we should probably take this this offline. This is way too good of an idea. We we should we should probably uh, get going so we can we can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, awesome. All right, uh, Gordon, why don't uh, why don't you take us out of here? I I think our time's almost up though. Yeah, uh, sorry, we got we got to end it, but it's been a great time. Uh, check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, if you're there, please leave a review. Every time we do, uh, we make up some crazy feature and pitch it to cool companies like AMD <laughs> that'll never get implemented. Send questions and comments to thefullnerd.pcworld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios, yo. Frank Azor of AMD, thank you. Thank you guys very much. Great talking to you. Yeah. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Hey, Gordon, if, if you need help playing your games, I, I can help you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk later. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.